This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And now it's time for the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show with SCORE morning show co-host Molly from the Molly and Haw Show, Bears long snapping Iron Man Patrick Manley, and legendary Bears center Olin Krutz on Sports Radio 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. Oh, yes, indeed, it is the pregame show. We are moving ever forward in the football season, and uh, we've got Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley, and it's presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. You can download the Bet Rivers app today. I, I should say that, uh, that Olin, you, uh, you've taken on the uh, spirit of the day. Uh, happy Halloween Gentlemen, Olin is uh, dressed as the coach, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> well, I awesome. figure Manley comes every week as Kenny Chesney, right? Yeah, right. And I'm trying to figure <laughs> out who, who you are every day. Every day, I have yeah, some I, ideas. I, I don't know if they're fit for radio, so I won't yeah. say them. But um, every, every week's Halloween for Manley. I figure I jump in. We activated Manley back off of IR this yeah. morning. It's good to see you, Pat. Yeah, it's good to be back. Thanks, guys. And I apologize for last week. I'm still a little under the weather, but I'm here, man. I'm making it. It's, it's game Hey, listen, day, we but... took a loss last week. Your apology is not accepted I know, on I know. this you station. Never my... Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but, but listen, guys, this morning, after last week, Olin, we talked about the Green Bay game. We were making our picks. You know, we had a, our alumni hat on, our analyst hat. This morning, I kind of woke up as an alumni. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a time for the Bears to, you know, right the wrong, right? Mm-hmm. What's happened, what's the past two weeks? The embarrassment that happened last week. You know, you get up this morning as a player. You're like, all right, we get to go to Soldier Field. We've got a winnable game. Uh, let, let's do this thing. Yes, it's been a wild week with Coach Nagy out and all the things that are going on and guys coming on off COVID list, going on the COVID list. But this is a day where they can go out in front of the home fans and right the wrong that's happened the last two weeks. And it uh, should be an exciting day for those guys. And I hope they can go out there and do something about it because – they were flat out embarrassed last week, and that's a hard week to go through practice when you have to watch that tape early in the week, and you have that cloud over your head all week, and then finally I think you've got to watch that, move that cloud away and move forward to the 49ers, and let's see what they do this week. I, I saw Jim Gray, um, he, you know, he, he co-hosts with uh, Tom Brady on, uh, on Sirius XM, and he ha- had a thing that he sent out, which is a picture of Brady, and on it it says, uh, it's a quote from Brady. We should have scored 50 points. Hmm. So in my mind, I'm driving home thinking, how did we not score 50? He apparently said that on hmm. their show. And, and he's probably right. The Bears didn't allow the 50 points. They were they were beaten pretty convincingly. 
by 35, but but they did uh, manage to win the second half. By a score of three to nothing, <laughs> I, I don't know how you. I don't know how you break it down. Um, again, I, they they lost. It was three the other mm-hmm. way. But but it's. Uh, I think you gotta flush that game more so than anyone they played this year. I don't know that there was anything we could learn from that game, other than what Olin you talked about going in, which was they were outmatched coaching wise going into mm-hmm. that game. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, we could talk about all the mistakes that were made and the, and the turnovers and everything else. But the bottom line is strictly you've got to move on from that game. You you just can't – I don't think there's anything to learn from it. I don't even know if they watched the tape. Uh, I, I thought it was an awful performance all the way around. Yeah, and but like you said, uh, what a mismatch going into that game when you looked at it on paper everywhere, right, Pat? You looked at it as players, right, Molly? You looked at it coaches – uh, you looked at just that whole building, the way they've designed their building, and what you got was about pretty much what you figured you would get early on. They looked outmatched everywhere, even on special teams. I'll let Manley talk about the punt return, but it was just exactly what you thought would happen happened, right? They got out coached, uh, they got outplayed man for man, and and then they got blown out. So that's what you thought was going to happen. But the thing that I liked, Molly, and like you're saying, you have to wash that, get rid of it immediately. But also, if you play two of the top teams in NFC, which I think they're now 13-2 and two after Thursday night, uh, hopefully you watched the way they played. Hopefully uh, you took away from that game the details they played with, the intensity they brought to every play, how they thought every facet of the game was important. Hopefully Justin Fields watched Tom Brady try to score 50, because they were. Mm. They were throwing the ball all over the place when the Bears did not stop their run game the whole game. They were taking shots no matter if it was third quarter, no matter if it was 38-3. to They were trying to put the ball in the end zone. But immediately, Pat, we see Justin Fields walk to the podium. He yeah. wants to get on that podium. He wants to talk for his team, speak up. Uh, during the week, we hear him talking about, look, me and the receivers – are going to get some extra Zoom meetings in because, like we talked about in the spirit of Halloween, uh, they got to raise their points from the dead today. Uh, hopefully the points come out of the graveyard like the Undertaker, sit up, and they can put some points in that end zone. Yeah, well, and, you know, let's go back to Tom Brady comment about trying to score 50. I, mm-hmm. That's a competitor. I love hearing that. No, no one's you know, shocked, right? We could tell right. he was. You sure, could exactly. tell. That's, that's, that's what everybody should listen to and be like, man, that guy just, he really wants to bury you. And that's mm-hmm. what everybody should want to do as a quarterback, a lineman, a lot, whatever position you play in the NFL, you should strive for that. You should strive for that perfect game. You should strive just to beat the heck out of the, the other player. And Olin, you're right. Watching Justin Fields after the game walk up to the podium in his uniform as fast as he did and take ownership of that poor play, that bad game, that said a lot to me. I was like, all right, this young man gets it. He understands that they got embarrassed. He understands it's his fault as well with everybody else on the team when you when you lose like that. And I thought that said a lot about a young leader in that locker room to stand up for everybody in that locker room and the way he did and the way he presented himself and the way he talked to the media. I, I, I just found that very encouraging. And two, Olin, what you said about him doing the Zoom meetings and taking ownership, I can remember when I was younger, you're trying to figure out how to become a pro. You're trying to figure out how much work really goes in to get prepared for Sunday. You're trying to figure out how to be the best version of you. And I don't know what year it was. might have been year two or three. But I remember starting to watch way too much tape, digging mm-hmm. into way too many details of, of special teams coordinators, what they did in the past against other long snappers. 
And then all of a sudden I'm out on the field. I'm like, this just got easier. Mm -hmm. Wow. All this work pays off all this extra work that, 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 that's not prescribed by your position coach or your whatever coach, it actually pays off. And I'm hoping this week, this is something that Justin Fields figures out and gets some success by this extra work. If it is extra work and he really sees like, all right, all these extra hours, all these extra conversations, all this extra work with my position players, it's going to pay off, and I hope it does today. Yeah, and and real quick, Mully, uh, just one more thought on what Pat was talking about. Uh, and and this, I think it was the anniversary of Mike Brown, the 2001 yep. and Mike Brown's catches, and, and, and we all know how great Mike Brown was. Um, I was looking over this roster, Pat, trying to find the player who could do for the Chicago Bears what mm. Ted Washington did for us. And Ted Washington, Mully, uh, he came from Buffalo. They had won games there. He was, in my opinion, he's the best nose guard, pure nose guard ever to play in the NFL. Uh, why he's not in the Hall of Fame is fascinating to me. But he came in here and taught us how to work. He screamed at us. He screamed at Erlacher. Uh, he, he kept everybody in line in that locker room. I remember, we, I think we won. We beat Minnesota that year, I think it was, Pat. And we came in the locker room. It was week two or three. And everybody was acting like we won the Super Bowl because we hadn't won a lot around here. Right. And Ted screamed at us, Molly. He said, Act like you expect to win. Stop acting like that was the damn Super Bowl. And it was just little things like that, like Pat is talking about, teaching you how to win, teaching you how to act after a win in the regular season, and that there's more games to play are things that I think when you look at this Bears roster, you start to wonder who is providing that for this team. It's it's really a subject I was hoping to get into because I don't know if you heard from Steve Young earlier in the week. He was talking about the, the what's going on in the locker room. He's a big locker room chemistry guy, mm-hmm. and he said that what's happening to the San Francisco 49ers is kind of what you're talking about, that they got rid of DeForest Bunkner. Um, the, uh, I guess Sherman was, was very good, and now he's down in Tampa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Joe Staley retired, and he had kept that locker room in shape. And, and he said that... There's nobody really able to stand up and take control of their locker room, and he believes this is why they are on a four-game losing streak. Um, I think we've, you know, we look at Matt Nagy being out for a game, and everyone says, "Wow, look what's going on at other places, right?" You know, you think about Oakland has played pretty well. Well, that guy, that quarterback, has kind of taken over that team. Uh, Arizona managed to win a game without it. Well, guess what? That that is. Uh, that is a team that has a lot of veteran players that are not going to let the locker room go away, that aren't going to let people stop working. Now, J.J. Uh, Watt is uh, going to miss the rest of the season, so we'll see how that plays out. But I, I think that's the thing that we constantly go back to with the Bears. Who are their leaders? Mm-hmm. Who are the guys that are in the room that are, that are holding everyone else accountable? Yeah, and, and, and as Pat knows and you know, Mully, you can be a leader. But you got to be good first, yeah. right? And that that's yeah. the problem with the NFL. I'm sure there's leaders in these locker rooms. Uh, there's guys who want to <clears> do <throat> the things the right way. But you got to be playing at a Pro Bowl slash All Pro level. And I say Pro Bowl, you got to get voted in the first day, or it doesn't <laughs> count. We all know that. Um, listen, uh, that that is a great point, Mully, because uh, when you look at these teams and you start to wonder, okay, why you're not winning? And 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 to be fair. And I, what we try to do is you just try to watch the film, right, Pat, and say exactly what you see on the film when you get into this analytical work. And nowadays, luckily, uh, other, you know, like back, I used to ask the Hub Arkish and those guys, how the hell did you, how the hell did you study stuff 
when, <laughs> when there was no film, when there's no internet. But on the film, you see exactly that when you watch the Chicago Bears. You go back. I know a lot of people talked about this play to death. You go back to the first play of the game last week, mm-hmm. Pat. You go back to Toss Crack. Toss Crack and Cole Komet and Mooney are blocking the same guy, and you're leaving Whitehead free. Whitehead is a pretty important guy to block on that Tampa Bay defense. Then you go to play two, and no one recognizes the free safety. No one, no one adjusts for the free safety, and there's a sack. Why are you running a seven-step drop on play action? Uh, these are things that when you just watch the film, you start to say to yourself, okay, during the week, who's troubleshooting? Who's, in, who's insisting that the team plays with their details? Who's talking to each other? Who's leading the communication? You can see it on film when you're watching it. You can see the first run by Fournette, 15-yard gain. You can see Bilal Nichols get washed down. Travis Gibson get turned out. And you're wondering, man, uh, what are, where's your gap and why are you not fighting for it? Because it tells me when that's happening immediately, Pat, you're not working in practice the way you're supposed to be working. Agreed. Let's go back to just play one. I, let's maybe take the listeners through kind of what a week goes goes like, Olin. Maybe in the let's take it through the O line room. That play, right? Mm-hmm. You put install that. You go through uh, what five, six basic looks, right? On page one of that piece of paper mm-hmm. we used to get. Now it's an iPad, and then you get the bastardized looks on page two, and you talk through all these looks all week, and you're repping it, you're repping it, you're repping it, and you're talking through it during during meetings. You're asking questions. What if they line up here? What if they line up there? And to me, that wasn't a hard look that they were looking at. Mm-hmm. And that just proves to me they are not taking care of the details. I mean, mm-hmm. it's lit, written in there. Each each little block has the play. All right, the rules. You take number one, you take number two. They were sitting right there in front of them. And play one, they can't block number one. They can't block number two or whoever they are. Whatever the rules were to block the right guys, that says a lot to me. That's, that's ownership of the player. And that's maybe the coaches not getting it across that, hey, if you make a mistake here on, on Wednesday when we install this, we got to make sure this is correct when you got meetings after practice and something's going on there. There's a disconnect there when you have a play that's that simple where your rules as a wide receiver and tight end is I've got number one, I've, you've got number two, wherever they line up, whatever it is, and they don't do it right on the first play. That to me that was, is shocking to see that, something that simple and to mess it up. Yeah, I, I mean, I got to tell you, they seem to mess up everything. You know, we talked about. I, I'm being honest. I, yeah. I mean, you know, you're you're you get on the field. You got a rookie quarterback. You got a rookie uh, running back. He's not going to. I don't know. Does he know how to pick up a blitz? That's why rookie running backs usually don't play. And I really thought the game was over by the second play. I, I really did. I sat there. I couldn't believe. Normally, their scripted plays are not that bad. And then obviously, you know, you're starting. Uh, Lachavius Simmons because you had the uh, the Elijah Wilkinson thing that was super bizarre where he's studying tape with the coach at the hotel according to Justin Fields and then he's out with the COVID protocol and you just you clearly made the wrong decision on who you start and I get it you're down to your third tackle but do you even know your team it it, it was it was stunning to see how awful that start and the, the honestly the entirety of that game was yeah it was unbelievable and I couldn't believe Olin I get your thoughts after this but it took him till the seventh series to make a change the seventh mm. and they have the iPads on the sideline you see him getting beat you see what's going on I don't understand how you don't make a coaching change earlier and you have Alex Barr sitting there who obviously is your sixth best lineman if you're playing him as that move tight end position he played tackle in college 
why is he not in there? And then why did it take until the seventh freaking series to make the change? To me, that that's a coaching mistake. Uh, it should never have happened in the beginning. But, Olin, what's your thoughts on that? How can it take seven series to make a change? Well, my, my first thought is we said that Tampa Bay Buccaneers were, were the biggest advantage they have had that day was actually on their coaching staff, and that happened immediately right, right. with the decision of Leche starting Simmons at right tackle. Um, I, I don't know. It's baffling, Pat, honestly, but if you think about it, if you think about, okay, when we talk about just toss crack, right, the first play of the game yep. again, and you're talking about, Pat, well, did somebody troubleshoot it? Did you talk about what if we get this leak? Look, what if I come in motion and Whitehead is off the line and, and, and you got, you're on Shaq Barrett, do you want to adjust? And the players and the coaches talking about that play. Again, somebody needs to talk about in this COVID world, hey, what if we lose Elijah Wilkinson right before the game? Yep. You need to have a plan for that because, look, I hate to break the news to the guys in that building. They all think they're NASA scientists and they protect the building uh, like it's Area 51. You're spending all day on football. You're making millions of dollars doing football. Don't tell me that, oh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, who could, who could have foreseen that? You. You could have foreseen that if you would have thought about it. Hey, guys, what if Elijah Wilkinson gets – Matt Pat, me and you have seen it. What if he yep. gets a stomach flu before the game? Sure. What if he, what if he walks down uh, – what if he trips down the stairs and hits his head on something, which I've heard a few guys come up with that story before. Um, <laughs> so what if all of that happens, right? <laughs> <laughs> guys trip yeah. on dogs. Guys <laughs> trip on hey, guys trip on all kinds of things from oh, what yeah. I understand. <laughs> I always hey. hey, we need to troubleshoot that story also. You need to troubleshoot that. But listen <laughs> Olin, Olin, I gotta tell let me tell a story about troubleshooting. You and troubleshooting stuff during the O line meeting. Sorry, go ahead. I'm Molly, sorry. Molly, you gotta hear this about Olin. Troubleshooting. Uh, when we go through install and all that kind of stuff of plays. Olin would, uh, you know, ask the que- uh, ask a question, and the coach would be like, um, "Bathroom break." Take a bathroom <laughs> break because he didn't have an answer, so he needed, yeah. you know, five ten minutes to figure out the answer. And we're like, "Oh, Olin, this is perfect." And then I know there's times you would try to trip him just to get his breaks. <laughs> but if, oh yeah, but, but no, but 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 you're but trying, you did it all the time. And yes, there were, you're there were trying to questions. find problems yes. with the play, right? I yeah. like because listen. I'm a football player. I have free time. I know these NFL guys like to act like they're working hard all the time, right. uh, but but they're really not. They they need to study more film, uh, like you said, Pat. And and that's why we that's why it was exciting to see Justin Fields get up on that podium early. I loved his press conferences this week. Right. Now, can he demand that of these guys? It will. Allen Rob is Allen Robinson going to help him with these meetings? That's what he needs. He needs support from his other teammates, and then his coaches need to step their game up. They need to get better at what they do. You can't run with uh, Justin Fields versus Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay on the road with your sixth tackle. You can't move the pocket for the first time in the second quarter. See, now you guys are trying to piss me off. (laughs) Maybe it's time to take that bathroom break. I got this Dicka sweater on, and I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling it. I'm telling you. I am feeling it. Don't punch the locker. All right, we're gonna we're gonna be right back with our guy Dan Pompey. Wrote a really interesting story about uh, firing coaches in in season, and is that a good move? We'll uh, discuss it with Dan next. It is the pregame show. Wow, that was great stuff, fellas. Not that it isn't always, but then I gotta tell you, I'm gonna be laughing about the uh, the tripping down <laughs> over something at home for. 
for like the next month. It is the pregame show on the score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is the pregame show. We've got Olin Cruz, Patrick Manley, presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today, and we are delighted to be joined by Dan Pompey. His name is writ in the Hall of Fame, and he joins us on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dan, good morning. How are you? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Boy, it's an exciting day, guys. You know, I got. Uh... Got my jock strap on, my, my shoulder pads on, my, my helmet on. I'm, Boy, that's I'm a lot of information, Dan. Yeah, that's a bad visual. That's please bad please visual. say you have pants, too. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that part. Uh-oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> that's okay nowadays. <laughs> so, Dan, uh, you wrote a great story uh, in The Athletic. You always write great stories. And um, it, it was fascinating to me. To read because I think the Bears are one of the featured teams. I think that uh, the minute that game ended, you know, we didn't uh, uh, we didn't have long to wait in the post game show to hear the fire Nagy uh, resound. Right, everybody wants to fire Matt Nagy. What what um, what is happening with uh, with the idea of firing coaches? Well, I think you know typically there is resistance uh, from a team perspective from owners perspective and general managers perspectives to firing head coaches during the season. An interesting thing happened last week though, and that's the NFL uh, tweaked the rule, which now allows teams that have made 
changes with their head coaches to interview outside candidates during the last two weeks of the season. And um, really, you know, I, I think there's a good chance this is going to lead to more in-season firings because it kind of incentivizes the in-season firing by uh, giving the team an opportunity to get a leg up on their interviews. Because uh, if, if you're not getting a leg up, if you're not talking to guys during the season as other teams will be, you're going to be falling behind them. And now that another rule change they made too is now every team has got to talk to two outside minority candidates. So you've got another step. In the past, it was one outside minority candidates. Now it's two. So, you know, if you want to get a head coach hired quickly, which everyone does because they need to get the best assistance for that head coach and get the program moving, uh, then you need to probably think about firing your head coach during the season. Yeah, Dan, and when you watch this Chicago Bears team, the best way for Coach Nagy and his staff to keep their job is obviously to see improvement from Justin Fields and that offense. And I thought um, that post-game press conference was a step in a positive direction. His press conference this week, I'm speaking about Justin Fields, uh, by saying he's, he has his receivers and, and they have Zoom meetings and stuff. But uh, what, are you, what are you expecting to see? What kind of growth do you want to see from Justin Fields this week and moving forward that makes you believe this coaching staff is the ones to develop him? Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, there's a big answer to that, Olin. There's a lot of different things that you need to see. Um, and I think part of it, of course, is how they use him, you know, how they continue to learn about what they need to do to bring out his best and what kind of plays that they, uh, they run, how their game plan is that uh, would accentuate Justin Fields' best qualities and kind of diminish maybe some of the things that he's struggling with. And then I think from Fields' perspective, you know, you, you, the, the main thing you want to see, I think, with him is just, you know, the ability to uh, read the defense and make the right, the, the right call with the ball, go, go to the right place, and, um, you know, not hold the ball too long and sit there and, and look like he's not quite sure of what to do. And part of that isn't his fault. You know, we've seen it at times when he's in the pocket holding the ball long because receivers aren't open and, uh, you know, before you know it, the, the pocket collapses or, or you get, get pressure off the edge. Um, so, you know, there have been a lot of things working against him and, you know, he's, he's struggled uh, to, to do anything to overcome them too. Dan, speaking of coaches and then Justin Fields, let's put you in the McCaskey seat. When you're evaluating this team as the season goes along, what is more important to you, wins and losses or watching the true development of what this coaching staff can do with Justin Fields for the future? Well, you know, I think they probably are tied together, Pat. I think, yeah. you know, if you have one, you're probably going to have the other. Um, I don't think it's all about wins and losses, uh, but I think what you need to see, though, is a team that's giving an honest effort and wants to play for Matt Nagy. If you don't see that, then yeah. there's no no point of going on. I think I, I don't think we have not seen that up to this point. Um, but you know, if it gets to that point, well, then certainly you know you've got a problem. Um, but I think um, there, there's no, you know, unless Fields takes a step forward, you know, or, or steps forward as we go through the season, 
then the other thing isn't going to happen. You know, they're, they're not going to win games, and eventually the players are going to get fed up, and it, it's going to be a downward spiral. So, um, you know, I think that's a critical part of everything that, that happens with this organization moving forward, the development of Justin Fields. Yep. I think that, Dan, this game might be such a lose-lose for Matt Nagy because <laughs> if they win, well, you know, he wasn't there. If they lose, well, you know, that's what they do. It, it doesn't seem like there's a positive for Matt Nagy to come out of this game. Well, you know, I, I would say there's probably, you know, more to be lost than to be gained maybe. But um, right. as we talked about on, the, uh, on, on your morning show the other day in Mullion Hall, uh, I think it is an important game not to lose because, you know, after that, for the Bears, because after that game last week uh, that is potentially demoralizing, you know, you could, you could get into a rut if you lose this game where all of a sudden the wheels fall off and, you know, you, you're getting that, that feeling of desperation and there's nothing left to play for. Um, th- you know, this, this could be... Uh, you know, the beginning of a, a really bad spell for the Bears if they lose. On the other hand, if they win, you know, well, maybe they're they're back in it and they they still have some hope and they're still, uh, you know, flirting with uh, 500 and then who knows about playoffs and that kind of thing. So it's uh, I think it's an important game and you know the absence of of Nagy because of the COVID is another interesting twist too. You know because um, uh, you know his his uh, 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 the guy he named to to replace him is Chris Tabor. Of course, um, Pat obviously played for him for mm-hmm. a while back uh, near the end of his career. You know, interesting guy because he really hasn't had uh, a lot of experience as a head coach before. Uh, but as we know, special teams coaches uh, are coaches who touch almost everybody in the building and, and have uh, an ability to... Uh, kind of oversee a lot of things. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does, too. Yeah. Go ahead, Olin. I said, uh, Dan, my partner over there at NBC Sports Chicago, Alex Brown, likes to say 88 out the gate, and we all know how loud he says it over and over again until <laughs> your ears are ringing. But um, <laughs> when we talk about this Bears, a lot of people like to talk about this Bears offensive line and the quarterback. When I look at their skill position players, but I mean wide receivers, tight ends, running backs – the last guy I can remember to catch something short and go go 88 out the gate, which means just means break a few tackles and go to the house, go score a touchdown, would be Tariq Cohen on that, that screen pass. I think it was against the Jets years ago. And wow. I think that's one of their biggest problems there on offense is that somebody can't catch a slant, can't catch a short pass, break some tackles, and get an explosive play out there. The only explosive player we've seen is Herbert. Uh, do you think it's time now for the Bears last week? I, I think Demir Bird – they have fit into that third wide receiver role. Do you think it's time to look at a Perryman, to look at somebody on the practice squad and get somebody on the field who actually scares the defenses? Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I think if what you're doing isn't working, you need to try something else. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're just beating your head against the wall. And, um, you know, obviously they believe that the guys that are out there and have been out there all season long are their – Best, give them their best chances of making those kinds of plays and winning football games. Uh, but, you know, the fact that they continue to struggle with big plays and uh, really just the passing game in general, 
uh, would tell you that, you know, what do they have to lose by, by trying something else or working some other people in? You know, if, if you end up with the same results, well, you know that uh, you know, maybe that wasn't the problem. But um, certainly, uh, you know, they're in a situation now where, uh, you know, they've got nothing to lose by making those kinds of, of attempts because, uh, like I said, what they've been doing is not working. It's, it, it's one of the, the worst passing games, uh, you know, that is in the league, one of the worst passing games the Bears have ever had, and they need to try something else. All right, if it continues not working, say they go out there and lose the day, you got the trade deadline coming up, Dan. Take that back, Pat. What, okay. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, that's not going to happen. But if it did in a, just a different universe, would you do be a player at the trade deadline? Would you try to get rid of some of these, you know, uh, big cap guys, players that you know that might might not be in the future two and three years down the road, and try to recap some of that uh, lost draft capital? Well, that's that's a tough deal because yeah. um, you know, again, you're trying to develop Justin Fields. Right. You don't want to hang him out to dry. Uh, obviously, you've got a coaching staff that is coaching for its life. You don't want to. Uh, hang them out to dry. If you do, you know, you, you go trade a Akeem Hicks or you trade an Allen Robinson. Um, what what message does that send to the team? You know, what what are you telling everybody in that locker room? What are you telling your coaching staff? Uh, where does that where does that leave the team? I mean, you know, maybe you could make the argument that it leaves you better off in the long run. Uh, but I think you know, uh, unless you're talking about getting uh, a really uh, impressive return uh, for your value on the trade, uh, then which you probably aren't because you're talking about guys who are in the last years of their contract as a rule uh, and, and guys who are not really young probably. So, you know, I, I think that you're probably better off staying put. Yeah. Uh, I believe the numbers are 14, 11, 250, 14 times this season, the uh, the Niners have been called for a pass interpe- interference penalty. They've accepted 11 for 250 yards. You could win this game, and you could have a good passing attack just by taking advantage of Josh Norman or whoever might be back there committing a pass interference. Like The numbers don't have to support that you had a uh, an unbelievable outing. No, I mean, if you, if you get a... 40-yard passing play that no one no one caught. <laughs> that's, that's that's okay too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that's something the Bears have to try to take advantage of, though. Yeah. You know, you have to you have to take risks and go at uh, the, the corners who have struggled and the, the defensive backs who've struggled and uh, see if you can uh, draw a penalty. You know, obviously that's something that they're very cognizant of because it's been drilled in their heads that they've been so bad at it and I know they've been working hard at it Uh, whether or not they could correct it is another matter you know usually you're committing those kinds of penalties because uh, you know you don't have the ability you don't have the confidence uh, to play with your opponents and you end up uh, doing things that taking risks that you know that you might be called for or that uh, you know you're not even aware you're doing just in order to save yourself because you're so desperate. Hey Dan um you know, a lot of talk about the offense. Obviously, the offense has been really bad, but um, the defense hasn't been didn't wasn't much better against Tampa Bay. They had their own pass interference calls on Vildor. Uh, they couldn't stop the run again without Akeem Hicks. 
And then now we get to see now Khalil Mack is going to be out, what seems like to be for a while. They didn't put him on IR, so no one really knows how long. Um, Sean Desai, maybe, you know, young coordinator kind of getting figured out. Uh, What have you seen from this defensive unit, and what do they need to do? Obviously, we know they need for a high level today for the Bears to steal a win from the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, you know, the narrative is out there that this is a great defense or one of the league's better defenses. Uh, but, you know, it, it's not to me because it's not a defense that has won games, at least not yet. And uh, it's not a defense that has made game-changing plays. Uh, it has not, you know, stepped up when it's needed to step up in games. Um, so, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think the defense to me um, is, a, is overrated. And it's uh, well, you take Khalil Mack out of the mix, and it's going to be more difficult, obviously. But the good news is they apparently get uh, Robert Quinn back, and it looks like Akeem Hicks probably too. So um, you know maybe they're at least uh, on, on the same ground they were last week when they when they didn't have uh, those guys. So um, you know Quinn Quinn has been, as you guys know, probably almost uh, the same value this season as as Mac or close anyway so uh, getting him back is a big deal because if they would have been without the two of those guys then I think they really would have had a problem and probably you know a, a really difficult time time of, of uh, playing defense and beating this team I agreed with that I got one final question for you about Justin Fields last week you know, Boomer Esaias has said, take him out at halftime. The kid can't protect himself. He's going to get hurt. What are your thoughts on that? If it continues maybe today or throughout the year, that if a game happens like that, like against the Buccaneers, would you want to keep him in there? Or would you be kind of the guy saying, let's take him out and then, you know, maybe wait for wait for later in the year or wait till next year? You know, I'm, I'm fine with keeping him in there unless yeah. he's, he's physically hurt or, you know, you could see. Sometimes you can see in a player's eyes that he just – can't play anymore you know he can't he can't do it I don't think Fields was at that point I mean you know he, he's a big boy he, he's a grown man and uh, he's out there uh, to be developed and to learn and you know you're not gonna you know that the reason he's out there is because you can't you can't learn this the, the way that he needs to learn sitting on the bench so um, you know the, the greatest uh, lessons in life often come through adversity and I think, uh, you know, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna play him, play him. Let him let him uh, work through the bumps. You know, otherwise get Dalton out there and you know forget about the thing. Yep. No thanks. Great, great yeah. stuff, Dan. <laughs> Thank you so much. I I know you've picked the Bears. We had this conversation earlier in the week. Have you changed your mind? No, you know, I'm, I've I've uh, I've vacillated a little bit, but I, I think uh, every time I change, hopefully my not mind, in your job strap. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a bad visual. I'm stuck, man. Is that, is that oh, a Halloween costume? Oh, my God. You better not be giving out candy looking hey, like that. Hey, he gave it to me. Oh, I had to take it, man. Oh, candy. Oh, the whole thing's gone to hell now. Uh, well, yeah, good luck with the rest of the show. Thanks, show man. Now, guys. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Dan. And, and I'm uh, stick, sticking with the Bears. Sticking with right. the Bears. Good man. All right. That All right. is Dan Pompey. Great stuff as always from Dan. We gotta, I don't know what's happened. Uh, Dan was the energy guy on all his teams. I'm sure he yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Consistent. <laughs> we, 
Oh, man. We'll be right back on the pregame show with Holy Kroots and Patrick Manley here on The Score. I got a beautiful setup, but um, as you can probably understand, I'm not going to get into where I'm at. Patrick Manley presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. And uh, that's Matt Nagy at uh, location unknown. Really weird week for, for Matt Nagy. You know, you, you go to the postgame show where he, where he had that bizarre kind of we've drawn together closer than any. I mean, I don't even know where he was going with that. I didn't know what that meant about how close they'd become. Maybe he was talking about some guys that were were vacillating, excuse me, on whether or not. <laughs> oh, man. That was outstanding, not, Ola. <laughs> that was unbelievable. Uh, on whether or not to get the shot, I, I don't know. Um, but that was a weird comment. Then he comes back and he does his Monday news conference from his car, and he keeps kind of cutting out. It, that was super bizarre. Uh, they finally took it off the website because I think they didn't want – it was just awful. Uh, and then um, Denny doesn't say where he's c- coming from. He talked a bit about how his greatest uh, quality is his relationship with his players. It just seemed like it just seems like sometimes and, and we use the term word salad. And I guess he was getting it to go when he was in his car. But it just seems like um, every time you turn around, he's saying something that you're having a hard time locking into the meaning of. Yeah, Molly, I the, I. What I've seen now, I think he talks too much. Yeah. I think he could talk a little less. You know what I mean? You're talking about the word salad where he just starts talking and then thoughts get mixed up and just he doesn't get the point across. I think he talks too much. But I want to go back to what you were talking about, how the team, there was the bonding of the team on the night before. I think, Owen, we've been in those kind of meetings where coaches are trying to bring everybody together. Sometimes, to me, on some of the teams we've been in, that's kind of out of desperation. You know, you're trying to figure out how to get – this team together. Maybe it's a lack of leadership or you just don't know who the leaders are. Um, and maybe they had a, they, maybe they had a real conversation. Maybe, you know, guys spoke and the right guys spoke and maybe they did come together. I don't know, but Olin, I was thinking about this. Do you remember the meeting we had with Cordell Stewart that one year when he was trying to bring us together mm-hmm. and it was completely the wrong thing to do? <laughs> Sometimes these meetings come and you're like, everybody's looking at each other and like, what is he talking about? What is he trying to do? He's the wrong person to speak. I'm not saying that happens, but if I remember right, Olin, that was in a, in a dark time when we were losing, we weren't playing well, he's trying to bring the team together and it was the wrong time to do it, but maybe Matt Nagy saw it a different way, maybe it did work, I don't know, but sometimes when those meetings have to happen, things are not going well at all, and obviously they haven't the last two weeks, and then it, it uh, snowballed last week, you know, they had it the night before the game and they, they played terrible, but um, those meetings sometimes happen, sometimes good things happen, and then I was thinking, Olin, sometimes bad things happen where you're looking at each other and like, what the heck are we doing? And why is he speaking about what he's talking about? Yeah, that's, that's uh, really well said because that's exactly what I was thinking about when I heard him say that. And obviously uh, they had a meeting the night before. And we've seen those meetings, right, Pat, get personal. Yeah. Uh, guys try to get really personal and, and give you their feelings to try to get the team to connect. And I guess he felt like that meeting went well. Obviously when they played against Tampa Bay, it didn't look like, uh, it went well on the field, and that's really all that matters. So, uh, like Molly's saying, just kind of a strange. It's been a strange few weeks for him. You know, I remember after the Lions games, he talked. He talked about you know, remember everything runs through him. Uh, you know, Laser yeah. was calling plays, but everything runs through me. So, like you said, Pat, he just seems to be talking a little too much lately. 
Um, he's a, I think Coach Nagy is a father of four kids, young kids. So uh, he's at home, guys. You know that's that's not a that's not a guess. He can't go. Right. He can't go anywhere else. That that's where he is, right? So um, you know the question is a little strange to me. Where are you? Um, you know, I would have just said it's none of your effing business and left it yeah. there. Uh, yeah. But he went on to say he can't say, but he's in a beautiful setup. Obviously, that means he's around all his play sheets in the basement, the ones that he's saying that Laser knows nothing about and we should run these. But, uh, you know, it's just – I, look, there's not a lot of answers in the middle of pandemic. Obviously, right. you feel for him. You feel for Coach Nagy. You know he loves football. You know he loves coaching his football team. And now he's got to be at home uh, uh, watching this game today. That's got to really suck for him. Uh, Coach Tabor has a big job ahead of him uh, trying to manage this game, uh, trying to make decisions over there as a head coach for the first time. Yeah, and, and Patrick, um, tell us about uh, Chris Tabor. Is this is this a bridge too far for him, or is he the right guy for this? I honestly think he's the right guy, and, and one of the reasons is it keeps every other coach in their same role. They're not overextended. You're basically taking the special teams coach and then giving him the head coaching duties for the day. His assistant now will take over as the head special special teams coach. Mm-hmm. And the special teams coaches, all the ones I've worked with, they are the ones that closely work with a head coach with situational football. Talking about fourth downs, when to go for it, not to go for it, um, clock management, all those kind of things. And normally those are the coaches that know the most about game planning, uh, situational football. I know Jody Camellis did. You know, he ended up head coaching uh, the Denver Broncos. I forgot who the head coach was that was out for the week. He was the head coach that week. Obviously, with Rich Bisaccia now um, with the Raiders taking over. So that keeps all the other coaches in their position so they're not overextended. I kind of like it because I know Tabor is loved by all the guys in that building. Um, we'll see how it works out. But like Dan said, he touches all the players. The only mm-hmm. player, the only position group he doesn't work with is the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He works with every position group, whether you know, it might not be a starter, but the receivers will be in there. Uh, cool story, guys. Roquan Smith goes to most special teams meetings. He doesn't have to do that. So that says to me there's a lot of respect about Coach Tabor coming from Roquan Smith wanting to be there. And it's another thing, great to see a teammate do that. Olin, I know you used to pop your head in every now and then, and uh, some of the other you know guys that weren't on special teams did that. Mm-hmm. And that said a lot, I think you wanted to listen to Coach Tobe talk. You wanted to just kind of be involved with the team. And if guys are doing that for Chris Tabor, that means there's a lot of respect from the guys in that building. So I think Matt Nagy picked the right guy to kind of lead this team a little bit. Uh, well, I think it's just going to be leading on Sunday. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, Olin, you maybe know better, that Matt Nagy's probably Zoomed in and done the team meetings and all that stuff in the morning when you're sending the message on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, maybe did it last night with the team. But this morning in the locker room, it's going to be Chris Tabor's voice, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be Chris Tabor's voice. It's going to be the player's voice. So it's going to feel different for these guys. Um, I don't think I don't know if it's going to make a difference. I think once that ball snapped, it really doesn't matter. It's going to be up to Chris Tabor making game time decisions and fourth down decisions and when to go, all that kind of stuff. But I think once you get on the field, you really don't know who the head coach is unless you're, you know, the quarterback. Justin Fields probably might miss him, but uh, I, I think they made the right decision with Chris Tabor, just the way he relates with all the guys on the on the team and then his knowledge of game situations. Yeah, as much as I like Dave Tobe, Devin Hester was returning kicks, so I was walking in there to watch. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's <Hester>. right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, um, as Manly, Manly knows, I'm a huge fan of Tabor. Uh, as a coach, uh, I know him obviously a little bit personally also, so a huge fan of his. But for me, as Manly talked about, to keep everybody in their roles, I just kind of wonder from the outside looking in why it's not petted, why it's not a guy 
who has been a head coach before, who has handled that responsibilities, and then really uh, no one had to change anything else, and you have a guy who's already done it uh, being the head coach on game day. Well, he, he could replace the guy that's out. Maybe that <laughs> I hope. Play. Let's hope that's not what it was, right? But, um, yeah. you know, yeah. like, like Pat's saying, uh, only they know in that building who, who, how everybody will react to a certain coach. And if Coach Nagy felt like Tabor could bring people respected him the most and had the most respect for him, then, then it does make sense. But just for me, uh, the easiest decision would have been just to put Pat in there at head coach and leave everybody doing what they're doing. And Olin, All I can right, see that got, real, real quick. I can see him doing that too because he has instant credibility. You know, mm-hmm. when he walked in that building coming from the Packers, he's a, he's a former NFL head coach. And I think as a player, you kind of hold those guys at a little higher standard. They work their butt off. They, they, they achieve the ultimate goal of being an NFL head coach. So I think he, he does get that, that, that honest, I mean, that, uh, that, that, you know, just that respect right away. So I could, I could go either way, but I, you know, obviously they, like you said, Olin, they know something that's going on in the building and maybe they feel that. Uh, Coach Tabor's better, but Petten would be a, not a bad one at all. All right, we've got a, a phenomenal guest joining us next, Mike Singletary. I, it, he's one of the great uh, Bears of all time, one of the, the, the leader of the 85 uh, defense, leader, 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 and a guy that uh, was also a head coach of the Niners. So uh, uh, really looking forward to a chance to talk to Mike Singletary. We'll do that next here on the pregame show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 